0: We continue with Pelican Sports Radio here this afternoon. It's now time to visit with Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com. Ken, good afternoon. How are you?
1: Hey, Tommy. Doing fine. Happy belated New Year.
0: Oh, same to you and the family, all that good stuff. Ken, first topic, uh, final college football polls came out shortly after Clemson claimed the title. Your reaction to LSU being number six in the Associated Press poll, number seven in the coaches poll?
1: Well, it's a lot of respect. And I, I think they've earned it based upon the schedule they played and and based on their final exam of sorts, you know. So, look, uh, give them a lot of credit. They obviously went out and with a totally depleted defense, you know, beat a pretty a pretty good football team. So, look, uh, that's encouraging. And the fact that they put them ahead of SEC rivals like that and Georgia, I think, is pretty telling in that regard too. So, it's obviously something to build on. Uh, on the other hand, I think you saw that there's. There's miles between LSU and Clemson, right? So, you know, I mean, there's a long way to go to get to that level, but it's pretty obvious that LSU has made a lot of progress and they put themselves in the conversation now. I mean, you don't finish that high unless you've improved your program, and they obviously have done that. So I think it's very encouraging and it's something to take forward with
0: a lot of key players returning next year. Of course, the next quote-unquote date on the calendar, Wednesday, February 6th. LSU's mm-hmm. got six uh, slots to fill in the signing class, uh, defensive line, defensive back, probably a target. But that's the next thing for LSU, for Coach Orgeron and the staff, is, is finish up the recruiting class because they're feeling good right now. You've got to feel a whole lot better about the team than you did last January. And uh, now they just got to keep heading in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have some key targets, clearly. How they finish will largely determine where they're at because they've got you know, Alabama, Texas A&M in front of them in terms of recruiting at this point, even though they're right up there in the top five. So we all know the SEC West is going to be better and better as time moves forward here based upon the coaches that have been hired and based upon programs. I mean, Ole Miss has got to get better. than they've been Arkansas starting over again. They certainly will get better. Mississippi State is pretty good. So, and we know about... Alabama, obviously, it's a tough it's a tough bracket in terms of that side of things. But the other side's gotten better too. And Georgia's now a top flight program, even though they disappointed here in New Orleans. They're certainly good. Florida is obviously a better program with uh, with their new coach. Uh, he's just a better coach, and they've got themselves on pretty solid footing and really look good against baseball. In a bowl game, you know, Kentucky had a really good year. You know, Vanderbilt did a nice job. So that that side has gotten better, too. Missouri is uh, certainly worthy. So, look, it's a good conference, but LSU's positioned well uh, to be a top three team in that conference. But ultimately, it's all about winning the league, right? You win that league, you're in the playoff. That's basically <laughs> what it boils
0: down to. No question about that. We're visiting with Ken Trahan, CrescentCitySports.com. Ken, this Sunday afternoon you'll be on hand. The Saints will host the Eagles. I read your piece about the concerns on the offensive line, and we wait for uh, the next injury report to come out. And then, of course, Saturday, Sunday will be the, the telltale who's out there when they snapping the ball. But, but your analysis uh, going into the Saints-Eagles game.
1: Well, I think it's all about that. It's all about the relative health of their offensive line. If the Saints are healthy, if they're intact, they win the game. And I think the odds makers probably have it right. If they're not, then it's going to be a fight to the finish. Uh, I suspect it's going to be a tough game anyway. Philadelphia's playing great football. They're playing uh, very loose. Uh, they certainly believe in themselves. They believe in Nick Foles. Their defense is, is settled in and played better. Got their assignments down. So, look, they'll play better, uh, much better than they did the last time they were here. And they are the world champions until so somebody else beats them. And they have a lot of weapons on the outside. Alshon Jeffrey's good. is good. And Golden Tate's a Saint killer. And then since the Saints played them last, Goddard has come on a tight end. They go along with Ertz. We had a record-setting year catching the ball. And since the Saints played them last, they've added Darren Sproles, the former Saint. So they have a lot of weapons. The one thing Philadelphia doesn't do well is run the ball. You know, they lost Jay Ajayi early in the season, and they just don't run it that well. So I think it's you the Saints, you have to you have to play pass, tee off, try to get after Nick Foles. The only concern about the Saints defensively as their secondary. I think you like their front seven. I know I do, and you know I think that's really where it's at. So, to me, the magic number's 28. You get the 28, you win the game, and the Saints offense indoors uh, and playing the way they've played I think is eminently capable of, of accomplishing that. Drew Brees plays well in these situations. Ted Ginn is back, uh, but it does really all come down to that offensive line because Armstead tried to play in the second-to-last game of the year, and he lasted a half and then took himself out, and Bushrod had a hamstring. So, Bushrod's your backup at left tackle, and he's your insurance, and he can hold his own there. But if you have to go to your third guy, it's Andrews Pete. You move in from guard to tackle, and you weaken two positions, not only the tackle spot, but the left guard spot. Even though Will Clapp has distinguished himself nicely, he's a rookie, and you certainly don't want him in that situation. So, to me, that's what it's all about. If their offensive line can win, as they did in the first game, they're going to win the game.
0: And, of course, uh, Sean Payton always pushing the motivational buttons and coming up with things, uh, whatever they may be. He he pulled a a cute one earlier this week with with the the Lombardi trophy and a a big old pile of cash, huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's always coming up with something. And, look, uh, it's it's like Alex Okafor said yesterday. It's like Doug Peterson said yesterday. If you can't get motivated at this time of the year, shame on you. I mean, what are you in this game for? Come on. So, you know, there is that who-wants-it-more situation in some situations. We saw that in the All-State Sugar Bowl with Texas and Georgia, clearly. But this is the professional level. You're in the divisional round of the playoffs. There's only eight teams left. If you're not motivated and ready to play in this one, then shame on you. Uh, It really comes down to preparation and then execution. If one team clearly out-coaches the other and out-prepares them, uh, they can win. And I don't think the Saints will be caught short in that department. I expect Philadelphia to play well. I expect them to do things a lot different than they did the first time. It starts at quarterback with Foles, obviously, but they'll change their game plan. Jim Schwartz doesn't like to blitz much on defense, but they did blitz 30 to 35 percent of the snaps against the Saints the first time, and they still didn't get the Drew Brees. So if they can't create pressure on Brees, they're not going to stop the Saints.
0: Yeah, and like you said, if you can't get motivated now and the other team is motivated, you're going to find yourself uh, uh, heading into the off offseason because uh, cause you will get beat, you know, at, at this point. Uh, it's going to come down to a lot there's not a lot of secrets especially because the saints played the eagles back in week 11 and i know it's different now but there's some things that are the same so not a lot of secrets will be about execution don't make critical mistakes or hopefully you can overcome mistakes but should be a heck of a game and clearly i I can't imagine a dome anything but uh full and very noisy
1: Right, and we've heard a lot of this whole talk about rematch stuff, and, and there's some legitimacy to that, but let's not forget that the Saints had to beat the Panthers not once, not twice, but three times last year, including in the playoffs. Didn't bother them then, uh, despite the fact that the other team was suitably motivated and obviously knew them very well. Uh, they, they took their business. It, it comes down to who's the better team and who executes. I think the Saints are the better team, and if they execute, they win. But I do not sell the Eagles short. They have beaten Teams like the Rams and the Bears here late in the year, which is very impressive. And they darn near beat the Cowboys in Dallas, lost in overtime, probably should have won, were it not for a terrible call and a fumble early in the game. So you must take this team seriously. They're playing very well. They are the champions. They don't want to give up their crown very easily, but there's also the the fact that teams don't repeat as champions in this league. It just doesn't happen anymore because of the parity and the difficulty of navigating such a long schedule. So I think you factored that in as well. That's just another little thing to tip the scale the Saints way.
0: We're visiting with Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com. He's going to tell you all about that in just a moment or two. Ken, the New Orleans Pelicans are playing just a tad better, better as of late, albeit against a couple of teams that aren't near the top of the NBA.
1: Yeah, I think you have to take it with a, a bit of a grain of salt because of who they played. Cavaliers twice, worst record in the league. Memphis, who had a 16-losing streak, which they snapped most recently. So they haven't beaten good teams but they have played better and that's largely due to the fact that they got Alfred Payton back. Since Payton's come back they're the highest scoring team in the league. That's kind of like they were when he was playing the first four games of the season. And then of course most recently last night they got Nico Miritich back. Miritich went for 17 points in 22 minutes, very efficient 17 on just 11 shots. So Miritich really opens things up for things for the rest of that offense. He's 6'10", he's long. Uh, he can rebound, uh, he can, you know, he can certainly provide another shot effector if not a shot blocker but more importantly on the offensive end he creates spacing and room to operate for the likes of anthony davis and julius Randle when they're on the floor together because meritich is a is a dangerous wing player who can shoot the three so he affects this team so now they're they're just waiting to get etwan Moore back if they get more back and nobody else gets hurt well then they've got their full complement back and it will be interesting to see how they play frank jackson's had two great games in a row and Jalil Okafor has been a nice player for them off the bench of late, so things are trending up. But the problem is now they hit the road where they've been bad, five and sixteen this year, and they got a very tough five game road trip starting in Minneapolis Saturday against the team and the Timberwolves. That's a half game ahead of them, and then they got the Clippers and Golden State and Portland, and then Memphis on the back end. If they win two on this trip, they're okay. If they win three, I think it signals that they're on their way that things have really changed. If they win one or less, they're in deep trouble.
0: Ken, tell everybody what's happening. What are they going to get when they visit CrescentCitySports.com?
1: Well, I mean, you'll find my story on the Pelicans about picking upward and how Frank Jackson and local Okafor have certainly helped. And then the return of Miritich has been important. You can read about that. Our numbers about the Saints and Eagles, why the numbers trend toward the Saints. My piece on the offensive line concerns about the Saints as well that you can read about. Of course, uh, you know, the latest on LSU with regard to recruiting and also with baseball in another number one ranking in the preseason that you can check out. And, of course, our daily prep reports on all sports and season right now, that would be boys and girls basketball, boys and girls soccer, and wrestling, among others. So it's all there. We encourage you to visit CrescentCitySports.com and enjoy.
0: Ken, as always, we appreciate your time. We'll visit again soon. Thank you, Tommy. All right, that's Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com. You need to check that place out if you have not. Always enjoy visiting with old Ken there. He joins us on Thursdays at about 345.